Hello, and welcome to another edition of No Lights Paranormal Podcast, where three paranormal investigators sit down and discuss spooky stories from the web. My name is Joe. I am the lead investigator. My name is Teresa, and I am the historian paranormal enthusiast. I am your tech wizard and Baba Yaga enthusiast, Alex. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And t-shirts are on the way, folks. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, let's get underway with some announcements. So, speaking of the announcements, speaking of t-shirts be on the way, uh, some of them should be ready by the time that we have our little event. I certainly hope so, actually. That would be freaking phenomenal. The faster we sell out the event, the better. And we're we're well on our way, so uh, we'll go ahead and get this started. So, yeah, here we are, folks. So, I wanted to tell you about... Uh, I'm I'm gonna just just go ahead and say it. The first annual. I'm hoping. Uh, no, maybe. Okay. No, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> I'll just sing in my head like this yearly. <laughs> well, yeah, that's pretty much what that means. Uh, the haunted history walk. Um, so no lights paranormal is going to bring a haunted history tour to downtown Wadsworth, Ohio. On a National Ghost Hunt Day, which is Saturday, September the 30th. The first walk will be at 6 p.m. The second one will be at 8 p.m. They are exactly the same, so you do not have to do both. Uh, Pick whichever time works best for you. We um, are selling very, very, very quickly, but thankfully we were able to open up the 8 p.m. walk also, so now we have quite a few slots still available, which is fabulous. And uh, tickets are going to be 20 bucks per person. Um... Don't, don't gasp at the price on that one because it actually goes to, uh, some of the proceeds are going to actually help out with the Wadsworth Historical Society. Uh, so, uh, good stuff, good stuff. They can uh, help us to keep Wadsworth history intact, which I love because, you know, history buff. Because you're a historian buff? That's right, yeah. that's right, because I do Kind of works out weird that way, huh? Yeah. That's true. She, she doesn't like history. She likes historians. I like historians <laughs> and history. I like, I like it all. Wait. <laughs> you said historian buff. So no. I was just I, making jokes. I was, I was going to make another joke, yeah, but it's yeah. off kilt. So. You know, the bottom line here is that we can't have ghosts without history. So, yeah, you know. History or, comes from ghosts. It does, and ghosts come from history. So, mm. Alright, we're going yeah. way off track with it. We're <laughs> off track. It's starting so, to feel like a D&D table instead of a podcast. Exactly. With all that said, we, we did our walk. Joe and I actually went downtown and yeah. did a walk through Wadsworth downtown. Too. We talked to a whole lot of the local business owners, like over half of them actually. And um, just once more, I want to say thank you so very much to everybody downtown. We stopped in at what used to be The Strand. It is now called Dolce. Uh, They serve um, the most amazing, and I know this from experience, gelato that I've ever had in my life. I had this one that was like two little pumpkin cakes with vanilla gelato in the middle. And Joe's giving me a horrible look right now because uh, he didn't have his lactate with him, so he couldn't have any. I'm lactose intolerant, so they're telling me all of it, and I'm like, this looks delicious. I want to suffer, but then decided not to. Yeah, we just have to remember to carry lactate at all times. I normally do. I just didn't think I'd run into a reason to use it on a... <laughs> I mean, facts, facts. So, yeah, they were super, super awesome. And then uh, the lady at the dance studio was super yeah, awesome. Yeah, shout out she's to like, her. Right? She's <laughs> like, oh, I know who you guys are. I follow you on Facebook. Like, she, I mean, she, she said it like, yeah, no shit. I know who you are. And uh, Joe and I got so excited. We were like two little kids in a candy shop. Yes, thank you for making me feel like a celebrity. Exactly. (laughs) I appreciate you. That was fabulous. We were like, I love you. Uh, (laughs) You want my autograph? (laughs) Exactly. I I want my own autograph now. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, So, yes. And then uh, the folks at Unwind were absolutely fabulous. Um, The the folks at, at... just everywhere. Honest to God, everybody was fabulous. Yeah, it seemed like a really good day. People were really personable yes. and really forthcoming with a lot of information. Even like when we walked in there and just introduced ourselves, they started talking like right away. It was right, like, I love it. I didn't even ask a question yet. But you know what? <laughs> I mean, that is Wadsworth in a yeah. nutshell. That is, I mean, it is the most amazing place that I can think of. 
Think it's your quintessential suburb in like the late eighties, early nineties. That is really it. That's yeah. really it. And it, it, it has grown and, and changed so much. Small town, everybody knows your name, everybody knows your business, but also stays out of your business exactly. for the most part. Exactly. Yeah. But no matter how much it has grown and how much it has changed, Wadsworth has kept that same small town feel and vibe. No. So it really is just a beautiful place to be. To uh, go along with what my wife is saying here, as far as the historic ghost walk in Wadsworth, uh, I would like to also announce that we will be live streaming from a yet-to-be-determined location uh, on the square. If I had to assume, I would. Um, it would prob. It's very likely going to be the Wadsworth Tavern, which is right down the hill from the square. We'll confirm next week for certain. Correct, and we would yeah, you just know get what? logistics lined down. Yeah. Not, not only you know. I mean, if you want in on the walk, I would highly recommend that you get on on the walk at either six o'clock or eight o'clock. All you got to do is just give us a message, let us know. But with that, um, and also. Wherever it is you choose to go, please stop at one of these beautiful local businesses. Uh, give them some patronage. You know, buy a drink, buy a sandwich, buy some gelato, and just have a great time in a really fantastic little city. Yeah. So I think exactly. this hasn't really been discussed amongst the group yet. So I think what we'll do is we'll go ahead and we'll probably shoot for like at least a two-hour live stream. I think that's a great uh, idea. When we do the event, because what I'm thinking is if we can start a live stream <laughs> about an hour before the first walk ends, sure. That means uh, you can send some of your people. Yeah, they can go on down to the tavern and tell you a little oh, bit about how much they enjoyed the walk, or I like if that I, idea. That you know, stunk yeah. up the whole city, you know. <laughs> that way, they can come down and tell us their experience. Hey, did you see anything? Blah blah. blah. Yeah, That'd be yeah, great. I dig it. That'd be super yeah, great. Come up with that on the fly, huh? Come up with that on the fly. I've been thinking about it. You guys heard it right here first. We come up with all our good ideas on air. All right. I certainly kick around ideas a lot. Let us continue. So this week's episode is going to be uh, completely surrounded and, and all about the state of Michigan. Yes. So Michigan, obviously, great place, just northwest of us. I mean, let's not lie to these folks. Hey, man, I'm not saying their college football team can beat ours. Listen. Whoa. Those <laughs> might be more, you might have turned off a lot of fans right there. Like, I, I can say Michigan sucks just like I say Ohio sucks. We're going to have to start a whole other podcast just off that. <laughs> I live in Ohio. I'm allowed to say Ohio sucks, all right? Ohio doesn't suck. I love Ohio. Ohio's um, okay. It's and just okay. like Michigan doesn't suck. I love Michigan. There's not much difference, to be honest. Um, you have, okay, honest to goodness, the most beautiful scenery ever up there on the lakes, and you can get it across the entire uh, <laughs> coastline of the Great Lakes, so it's it's just all good. Every town sucks. Every city sucks. Every state sucks. It's just you find the one you want to live in that sucks the less. Right. right. UP is fantastic. And, and the Michigan people that are listening yeah. know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. UP is fantastic. Rest of Michigan kind of sucks. There are places in Ohio that are fantastic. Rest of it kind of sucks. Yeah. Kind of sucks. <laughs> Either way, Michigan, we love you. And today's episode is dedicated to you. So thank you so yes, much for getting Yes, because you won the Battle Royale. That's right. Uh, so we have three beautiful little haunted stories all about Michigan. Who wants to kick off our evening? Uh, you know, we should really discuss that before we get on the podcast. I know. We don't do shit, but you know what? <laughs> Let me pull up mine, right, and I will go first. ahead and do mine first. Cool. Uh, I know, right? It's goddamn horrific, so let me just get this out of the way, and maybe you guys right. can lighten the mood a little. That, All right. Yeah. Mine's kind of depressing, but go ahead. I actually, mine is not really good either. So, so congratulations, Michigan. Maybe you kind of do suck because you're kind of depressing. <laughs> you have lots and lots of hauntings that are really, really bad. But also make for a good haunting, right? Yes. So there's that. It's, it's yes. So uh, this is how I will start this sweet little story. May 18th of 1927 will be forever etched into the fabric of a small Michigan town which, ironically enough, is two days after I married my wife on May 16th. Not 1927. No, <laughs> I was like, wait, hold on. Well, I mean, maybe. I am old. I is know. this turning into an interview with a vampire? Right. Uh, no. <laughs> so, although rarely discussed, uh, Bath School in 1927 is, in fact, 
the most deadly school massacre to date. Holy shit. Uh, there was a man named Andrew Kehoe. Uh, he was a 55-year-old farmer uh, and a school board member who was opposed to an upcoming millage, basically levy, that would raise taxes. Uh, when the story goes that one the levy passed, uh, Keogh's farm was foreclosed upon. Uh, on May 18th of 1927, uh, Mr. Kehoe fill, killed every animal on his farm, Jesus. murdered his wife, burnt down his house, and headed to the school where he set off 500 pounds of dynamite. Wow. Jesus. That's a lot. Uh, the initial blast killed dozens of students and teachers, and the superintendent uh, waved Kehoe over to help because he was just then pulling up with his truck, and I'll explain more about that in a moment. Uh, so he waved this man over to help to get the children out to safety, uh, at which point Mr. Kehoe ignited another round uh, when his rifle misfired. Um, this set off the explosives that he had left over in his truck, killing himself, the superintendent, and eight more students. Jesus. Wow. Uh, the final death toll was 44, with an additional 58 injured. Wow. Holy shit, dude. Because uh, he was pissed about his house being foreclosed on? He blamed the levy? Okay, so... There might be a little bit more to it than that. So, the story to that is that... <clears throat> In 1922, the Bath School was a consolidated school, which was one of the old school schoolhouses where all the students were under one roof, and sure. it's right. kind of just one giant classroom, right? Uh, this move would have been an educational upgrade, where it would have been like one of the first schools to spread out students and expose, uh, yeah, expand, yeah. expand to a, a much sure. larger variety of to the schools that we know of nowadays. Yeah, yeah, basically okay. to the basically modernize it. Uh, what that did was that raised the property taxes in the area significantly to pay for it. Oh, and having acreage, obviously, that's a lot. And having acreage and a farm taxes based on the acreage, so it supposedly led to his house being foreclosed upon. Damn. Um, so, let's see here. Uh, <laughs> That's honestly, like, one of the worst things I can imagine, though, just, like, setting off explosives in a school. Like, what the fuck? And I'm, I'm not I'm going to say this. I'm not meaning to make light of it in any way, but that's called efficiency. Right? <laughs> um, and so that's the thing. Um, so in the fall of 1926, Kehoe drove to Lansing and bought two boxes of dynamite. The dynamite was commonly used on farms back then, so it didn't really raise any red flags. Yeah. Uh, according to Charles Lane, who was the state fire marshal, uh, the dynamite was wired so perfectly that after the disaster, the police didn't believe that he was working alone. Wow. Uh, supposedly being the treasurer of the school at one point or whatnot, he had access to the school and like nightly for months he would go in and set this. Wow. Uh, so so this goes premeditated. Yeah, yeah. It, it goes above and beyond yeah. premeditated when you're literally okay. doing this shit for months straight oh, to yeah, do yeah. it. Quote unquote right. Perfectly. Wrong. Perfectly is a good word. I, I won't say right because it's fucking wrong. In every way. Oh yeah, he um, must have snapped way before anybody else realized it. Right. So the electrical wiring leading to the dynamite and the powder charges planted in the school were so well done that he was not sure it could have been installed by one person. Uh, there was also enough unexploded dynamite and powder found uh, to fill a small truck. Jesus. Um, so the story goes that Apparently, Kehoe went into the schoolhouse, and night after night, with small quantities of explosives, as would have been necessary had he been unaided. Um, Kehoe then loaded the trunk and back seat of his truck with metal debris, 
Uh, he also equipped the truck with new tires so the truck wouldn't break down while transporting the explosives. Smart. <laughs> um, so on May 18th at about 9.45 a.m., Kehoe's dynamite exploded in the north wing of the school, killing 38 people. Uh, an alarm clock had been scheduled to detonate the dynamite. Jesus Christ. So the original explosion wow. was literally set and wired into the clock at the school. Miss um, Bernice Sterling, a first grade teacher that was a survivor of the incident, um, re- <coughs> recalled that she saw bodies of her children hurled against the walls and through the windows. Okay, we could have done without that part. Um, <laughs> after that, she said she doesn't remember much of what happened. Well, yeah, no. I mean, shock, Jesus. <laughs> um, about 30 minutes after the first explosion. Okay, so let me back up just a little bit. Uh, during the time after the first explosion happened, uh, Kehoe had murdered his wife and destroyed his farm and gotten into his truck to drive to school. Uh, the neighbors noticed the fire at his farm and rushed to the farm, but quickly turned around and headed to the school because Kehoe was like, hey, this is going on over there. We should go take care of that. Um, so about 30 minutes after the first explosion is when he pulled up to the building, ended up talking to the superintendent, and detonated the second explosion. Oh, God. Um, yeah. So, Sick overall, yeah. the attack killed wow. 45, injured another 58, and the tragedy claimed one quarter of the children in the town. Oh, wow. my God. So, it almost wiped out all. It almost wiped out a whole generation. Yeah. generation. Like, literally, that's one in four people. <laughs> that's wow. fucked up. Um, so, the story is, uh, on the day that it happened, it was uh, a student named Richard Fitz's eighth birthday. Um... He survived the initial explosions, and he died almost exactly a year to the day after complications from the bombing. Oh my god! So it, it did eventually get him. He was buried next to his sister Marjorie, who was ten, who didn't make it through the yeah. initial oh day. Oh uh, At Mount Hope Cemetery, uh, they were buried without a headstone. Eight years later, the community rallied to ensure that all of the children had headstones. And every year, there are new matchbox cars that appear that appear on the grave. No one has ever seen these cars delivered. Aww. But without fail, a friendly ghost has continued to put matchbox cars on these kids' graves every year. Oh. Apparently, this is a thing now. Like people have watched Almost that like cemetery yeah. all night, and nobody has ever seen this happen. But all of a sudden, uh. But matchbox cars every year, without fail, there are matchbox cars on the grave. So, uh, I wish I had better news to tell you. Um, So, a lot of the information that you can find on this, and there is actually a museum to this tragedy. Um, It is currently found in... um, In uh, the Bath Middle School. It has a museum to the old school because clearly in today's age yeah, like, no, again, no. the accident happened back in 27 so nowadays if you go to the town of Bath in Michigan mm-hmm. the middle school has like stuff yeah. from the old building yes, clearly the, so clearly the, the new school is haunted as all get yeah, out just the, the story the is that the new head, school yeah. is also haunted but okay. by what I couldn't tell you but that's the story, and that gives good reason why it is haunted. Because that's the most uh, yeah. tragic and awful story I can think of. Because I mean, not, not only not only was so it students many, though, but also teachers that didn't make it. That's so right, beyond right. the age of, re- could you imagine like the emotional status of a teacher, like the moment that that happens? Yeah, no kidding, no kidding. Just like the one teacher who survived yeah. said, "My kids, she could see." Yeah. Her kids. Well, and because you're in charge of them. That's right. That's the way it is. Those They're are your her wards kids. at the time. While while you're in a classroom, those are your kids. That's so awful. Yeah, starting off on a good note. Yeah. Right. Oh my God. That's that's <laughs> Go <terrible>. Michigan. <laughs> right. <laughs> Woo. I'm trying to stay away from that aspect. <laughs> right. Well, you know me. 
<laughs> but it, no, yeah, Baba Yaga enthusiasts. It will pop out sooner kids. or later. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> that's uh, that's bad. No, not the kid. Wait, that's sometimes story. Depends on what story you hear. Yeah. Oh, right. Well, well I have a. It's depressing, but it's not real bad. Okay. So I can go next. It's, no, it's not <laughs> that. It's no. Um, cool. So <laughs> I, I've always. I've, I've English. Not today. Right. Um, I've always been kind of curious. Anytime we hear of a ghost story of some. Not just necessarily important, but anytime we hear of a. Just something happening. There's always a lady in white. Mm-hmm. So I decided to look up. Lady in White hauntings in Michigan. In Michigan, I love it. And you one, got four hundred and eighty-three of them. Yeah, yes, <laughs> but one <laughs> struck out more than most. Cool. <clears throat> because I went with folklore. I've been on a folklore cake lately, <laughs> and this one kind of struck out to me a little bit because of it tied into the way that the the place is. Yeah. And why it is stuck around for so long? Mm. Uh, I'm talking about Belle Isle. Bell Island. Yeah. So, for those of you in Michigan who are listening to this right now, you're probably like, oh, okay. <laughs> for those of you who don't know, mm, excuse me. That's a famous one for them, huh? I just ingested the jalapeno burger, so bear with me. Oh, God. So, <laughs> let me get into it a little bit. You might not be aware of it, but there is an, a creepy legend on Detroit's Bell Isle that will definitely send chills down your spine. Did you know that <laughs> the island has a few ghostly residents that prowl the area from time to time. We can't blame them considering what, what a gorgeous natural oasis Belle Isle is, which if you've seen pictures of it, it's beautiful. Awesome. It is, depending on your belief, great handiwork by a creator, depending on your belief. There you go. Um, all right, but it is sometimes it can be disconcerting to share this sanctuary with, tr- with the troubled spirits. A Native American legend says that you are, <laughs> says that you are, if you are ever on the island, you should keep your eyes peeled for the Lady in White. Belle Isle is a 982-acre park, Isle, acre island park off of Detroit, Michigan. Belle Isle's Park, which consists of Belle Isle itself, as well as a number of other isles nearby, was developed in the 19th century and has been enjoyed for leisure ever since. But it's not all picnics and morning runs in the park. There are an old legend of the Belle Isle that says that when you honk your horn three times, the lady in white will appear. Which I've always found weird because there's always a three invested. I mean, if you you want to... It's a very superstitious number. If you want to get technical, it goes back to the Holy Trinity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I just wanted you guys to say it. Sorry. That's my little... (laughs) That's cool. That's cool. I wasn't going to say that. I was just going to say it's a very superstitious number all yeah. the way around, no matter what. No, you in the, even not in the Christian faith, there's a lot of other it, faiths that have, like, the number three. It really, yeah. yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> because uh, it's Vegas, the law of three. The Geometrically three. sound. And, yeah. yeah. It's, it's a thing. <clears throat> all right. So there is no shortage of urban legends on the owl, but the Lady in White is one of the most well-known and spookiest. According to the stories, Native American chief, Sleeping Bear, had a daughter that was so beautiful he did not allow her to see any of the suitors that were constantly swarming to her. To fix this, her father wrapped her in a blanket and put her in a, in a canoe and sent her down the Detroit River. Good lord. Yeah, talk about overprotecting. And this, this dude takes the cake on, like, don't bother me with your beauty. Leave me alone. <laughs> I like it. You know what? No longer my problem. Right, right. We're going to fix this shit real quick and in a hurry. So Go this is where, your mom. This kind of where it gets weird. <laughs> However, the wind wanted to see the young girl in the canoe because the wind also wanted to see how beautiful she was. So the wind blew, and it blew the blanket off, sending her down the river where she was kidnapped. This is where Native American lore takes over, and it gets like, ah, okay. The wind, feeling bad, rescued the daughter from her captors and sent her back up the river to her father. Interesting. Yes. Um... After that, and I can just imagine <laughs> the dad seeing the daughter coming back, coming up river, mind you. Up river, exactly. That that she said alone, up river, <laughs> and just seeing her, his daughter like, hey, dad. Shit. Right. <laughs> I got um, words playing in my head, like, what the? What right. is happening? <laughs> so, <clears throat> excuse me. So the wind returned the daughter to the chief. 
Uh, so, still wanting to protect his daughter, the chief wrapped her in a white cloak and sent her off to Bear Island. It just keeps sending them Where he what prayed the to the spirits to protect her forever. I like it. So, whether he was trying to protect her because he didn't want to deal with it, or he's trying to protect his daughter because he didn't want her to be with a bad suitor, and he knew a lot of them were coming around. So, Sleeping Beauty when kind of things. Uh, never gave an actual date. Never gave an actual... Yeah. Well, you have to imagine that if Native Americans were prevalent, then it was also back in a day where, like, suitors and, like, setting your kids up if you were right. somebody important right. was, like, an expected thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... I understand, Dad. Maybe he's just like, I don't have a fucking kid. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I never had a daughter. Well, I had a boy. He's ugly. Like, I don't know what yeah, you're talking about. Okay. You, want, uh, you want the boy or keep yeah, the girl? right. <laughs> total, total dad thing to say, right? Yeah, yeah. But, um, no, apparently the chief prayed to the spirits that his daughter would be protected forever. He wanted the island to be a safe haven for her. Mm-hmm. So... If you have read any history or lore whatsoever, whenever you make a pact with the spirit, something always comes of it that you did not expect and or want. So, with that, the spirits made her immortal. You know what a secret is? When you make a pact with anything, in pagan culture, it comes back threefold. Well, yeah. I don't. I don't know if you would I'm consider just, this pagan. Well, I guess you could. Yeah. Listen, we're just going back to that three thing that you mentioned <laughs> yeah, earlier. Yeah. 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 So, it not only they not only made her immortal, they also put rattlesnakes around the entire island, earning the island's name Rattlesnake Island. Really? Yeah. Interesting. That is the island I'm talking about because we've all seen it. That's what struck my curiosity. I'm like, oh, wait, there's a whole history with that? So, yes, that was actually the snakes were meant to protect the daughter from would-be suitors. And as legend states... If the right suitor comes along, the snakes will not attack it. But if they try to engage with the daughter, the snakes will attack. Wow. Yeah. So it's almost like a Sleeping Beauty kind of thing. Only way deadlier. Yeah. But they do say the snakes are not to be trifled with, so don't go try picking one up and do all this because they are dangerous well, snakes. Well, um, yes. You're going gonna to go risk it for the biscuit, Jeff? No. <laughs> Good to go. Good to go. Just asking. <laughs> Listen, I'm single, but I'm not desperate. <laughs> so what if they like you <laughs> he's like no let me finish <laughs> I'm gonna let you finish you're right <laughs> okay. so here's a little bit of here's a little bit of history with us there were white deers because she has also been reported to show up as a white deer there were white deers on that island until 2022 when the last remaining one was taken off the island and put into a zoo because the Bell Island Nature Natural Preserve was closing down. Oh. So they took the last white deer off it and put it into a zoo. That's kind of shitty. Snakes are still there. Everything's... Yeah, nobody yeah. wants those. Yeah. Um, however... I forgot my point. Hold on. Well, on a side note, while you're thinking about that point, uh, as a person that's gone hunting before, uh, the interesting thing is, uh, white deer are... They have their own folklore. Yeah. You don't, oh, yeah. You don't shoot those ever. No, no, no. Yeah, They're like yeah. spirits and like good, like mm-hmm. good things. Mm-hmm. Yes. Apparently, to the best of my knowledge, and everybody that I've ever hung around that's hunted has said the same thing. If you shoot a white deer, you will never shoot another deer for the rest. Exactly. Of your life. Exactly. And that's kind of what I was going with this. this. It's the if you go there and you see the white lady on that island, don't be afraid. They said for all accounts, for every time that they've seen her, it's not been malicious. It's not been vindictive. She is just there, like, in solitude, in her loneliness. Um, but if there's no mischievous thing with it. She is nice and what a... There, excuse me. There's been people to investigate this and has actually seen her. And it said the interaction has been pleasant. Oh, well. So... I uh, mean, I do still feel bad for her, though. That's pretty shitty. Right. And it's really weird because, upon looking at this, I really found it because the, the chief's name was Chief Sleeping Bear. And there's a sleeping bear dunes up there. And I'm like, wait, is that the same dude? Yeah, that was probably an intentional. I mean, there's a lot of... super funny that you say that because my story has a little bit to do with sleeping bear dunes. Right. So what was this dude really up to there? And then I got curious, like, how did the wind save the daughter? Like, they never say that, but that's what struck out to me. Like, how did the wind save? Like, the wind just doesn't go, oops. 
<laughs> and it just blows you away from yeah. them, right? Um, but yeah, they they said that the, the snakes on that island are like not don't don't go picking them up. Don't yeah. go interacting with them to see if you're the proper suitor for this lady. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they, they said. Wouldn't that you the, look for her to suit her though? Like the snake should just leave you be and let you pass. Right? Well, yeah, but rite of passage. <laughs> Says you have to play with them? No, 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 no. That's just me saying humans are stupid, and that's what they'll do. <laughs> that's fair. Um, we've all picked up sticks that Guilty. all of a sudden had a snake right there. We're like, oh crap. But no, I just found that really, really interesting because I've always found the lady in white aspect of all the hauntings. Like, why is it always a lady in white? So maybe it's always her. No. No, no, no. Maybe it's a specter. And they have, like, the lady in white community. <laughs> the <laughs> the community of ladies in white. It, it makes I was on board to listening to your point until you said yeah, I know. But it, it does make sense <laughs> because you see ladies in white everywhere. Right. And who's to say it was actually Bear Island that they stuck her to? It could have just like, you're immortal, much like some of the people in the Bible that they said were immortal and you're doomed to walk the earth. I mean, I hear, yeah, I hear what you're saying. That could be... I don't know. It's just a theory that I'm just throwing out. I, I often wonder if, if the lady in white is not um, actually just sort of more so purity. No. The you I, know what? The idea of, of a, a pure spirit. Mind you, this is just a theory I'm just throwing out there. I normally let these two debate because it's fun for me to watch. Let me, let me come at you with some logic in this. Mm. And where I think the lady in white actually came from. And yes, I did air quotes. You just can't see him. No, you said logic and I'm immediately disbelieving you. (laughs) No, just go ahead. Uh, In what format were the original cameras? Black and white. No. Black and white. They didn't take pictures in color. Yeah. In my opinion, the lady in white is just... It's... Every lady back then was a lady in white. I mean, this was is it actually was, was it more brown though, wasn't it? Gray. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you hear the gray lady. Very yeah. rarely do you hear the brown lady. I think yeah. I have heard of one brown lady. There, there are a couple of brown ladies and there are a couple of gray ladies. So as would well. that lead to the assumption that cameras were stealing the soul? Well, I mean, well, if I you mean, go back to a lot of ancient religions <laughs> and even. Uh, well, not day, even religion, modern day cameras. Yeah. Yeah, to this day, uh, Amish people still believe that you cannot take pictures of them because it can steal a portion of their soul. Right. So, I mean, that's. Oh, and that's going to get us into a bigger discussion. Um, you know, I'm okay with that. We'll, we'll choose to do this. No, 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 screw it. I'm doing it now. If they're stealing a part of the soul, then yes, your theory would be correct. Of. If it's just part, they're taking your image in that time and stealing it. But how does it transfer from the camera to outworldly stuff? And you get what I mean by stealing part of the soul. Mm-hmm. Your daily soul. What you're what you're addressing right now. You take a picture, that means you're doomed to be repeated because that's what you were wearing today. So it's doomed to be repeated, you wearing that clo- those clothes. By your theory. I mean, eventually that's going to happen anyway, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, more yeah, so, it's always going to be in a mushroom head hoodie. <laughs> I, I believe that, uh, specifically with, with Amish folks, I do believe that um, when they say that they that they believe that it steals a piece of their soul, it doesn't have anything to do with their, their likeness. They believe that their likeness translates into... Um, a, a literal a literal piece of their immortal spiritual soul. Well, I mean, you also have to take into consideration that um, <laughs> the way that... Okay, let's go back to the basics of Ghost Hunting 101. All right, let's go with EVPs and cameras both, right? In order to <coughs> manipulate an image or an audio file, especially... Right. Well, I don't know about New Age audio files. We've talked about that. Yeah. But uh, either way... It was a magnetic thing that was imprinted by energy. And energy, I guess, would be associated with your soul, correct? True. So, 
Yes, correct. Since the bodies are made of energy and the soul is energy, yes. So in order for the energy from even your physical living image to imprint into a camera that would take that energy, transfer it to a magnetic thing, especially like Polaroids back in the day, then technically it would be, by their definition, stealing a piece when, of your soul. When you it's think a glimmer. Of it, yeah, when you think of it that way, that's exactly what it is. It really is stealing a piece of your soul. Yeah, it, it's a glimmer. You're taking a piece of you in that moment in your life, taking the image, taking the energy, and putting it into something else. But my question was, how does it get from that to out here? Don't know. I mean, so I think is it? Hold on. Is it not just taking a picture and putting it on a film, it's freezing you in that moment of time to where you get an influx of energy and boom, that piece of energy is released. Because now you're not stuck in that. That's just, I don't That's why I said we can get real deep with this. So if we have any physics majors, engineers, or Sheldon Coopers that listen to the podcast, if you can just drop us a line and tell us how the fuck that works. Yeah. Also, welcome to my brain. You know, you know. Which ours are also not far off. We're all thinking about the same thing. But also we're both dumb and smart enough to realize, I don't fucking know. Yeah, right. right. We can talk about it. I don't know. I mean, we'll get no definitive answers, but it's going to be a good conversation. It's a phenomenal question. I have no idea the outcome. Yeah. No, you're right. For any for like for any physics majors or anything like that that are listening to the podcast, please let us know what your theory is on it, what your take yeah, is on it. Yeah, thank you. And on that note, Michigan, we love you. Have a good night. <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> Alright, Teresa, you're up. You <laughs> killed oh, me, I've got nothing left. Beautiful, awesome, awesome. So um, I actually focused on um, a couple of different things. So my main focus was South Manitou Island. Welcome um, to my wife, who cannot just pick one. <laughs> no, South Manitou Island is She's part. Pick me, girl. <laughs> is a part. Much like the menu. <laughs> nobody listens to me. I'm listening. Is a part of the Sleeping Bear Dunes <laughs> National Lakeshore. Okay. Um, and and this is actually so the Chippewa people inhabited this place as early as between eleven and eight thousand BCE. So it has been. An incredibly long time that, that this island actually has been inhabited. Um, so the story goes that a mother bear and her two cubs were fleeing from a very, very intense forest fire in Wisconsin. Uh, they had absolutely nowhere else to go, so the mother jumped into the lake and decided she was going to attempt to swim the lake over to the, this little island chain uh, in, in Michigan. So she did, in fact, reach the other shore, um, but unfortunately it turned out to be just a little too much for her two cubs, who drowned literally feet offshore. Hmm. Um, So the Great Manitou, which for the Chippewa people is, uh, that's also called the Great Spirit, Manitou is spirit, Mm -hmm. raised the cubs from their watery graves and the two created the North and the South Manitou Islands uh, when their mother laid down on top of the dune, which created the form that is now known as Sleeping Bear Dunes Lakeshore. So that's how it got its name. Okay. Um, the little bit of history, the first lighthouse was built on Manitou Island in 1839. Um, it displayed a fixed white light using eight lamps, 14-inch reflectors, and consisted of a uh, 34 by 20 foot stone dwelling uh, that was attached to a 30 foot tall brick and stone tower. Uh, the lantern room was about 35 feet above the ground, uh, and with, uh, of course, the little hill that it was that it was on, it, it stood roughly about 65 foot above the lake. So in its day, it was a mighty impressive lighthouse. Hmm. Uh, William Burton was a man who was. Um, he was employed, employed as the very, very first lightkeeper, and he was actually the son of that island's very, very first permanent resident. So in um, 1869, a man by the name of T.H. Stevens, who was a district inspector, uh, conducted an inspection. He submitted a report saying that the lighthouse had taken on a lot of wear over the 20 years that it had stood, and he had recommended not just updating and repairing it, but also moving the entire lighthouse 
to a place not in, on just North Manitou Island, but all the way down into South Manitou Island, where it would be a better place where there was like some shoals and like the water was super turbulent. He just thought it would be a better, more useful place for the lighthouse to stand. Um, rather than relocating, however, the lighthouse board chose to just build a new one and they left the old one where it was. So they, uh, in uh, 1871, they started building uh, the brand new all brick lighthouse on South Manitou Island that you can actually see to this day. Yeah. Um, it is a 100 foot lighthouse that is roughly 18 feet 4 inches uh, around at its diameter on the base and it tapers up to about 12 feet 8 inches at the top. There is what they would call a third order Henry Laporte Fresnel uh, which Kudos. was installed in the diagonal lantern room uh, to produce a fixed white light with a focal plane of 104 feet. <coughs> Sorry, excuse me. Um, so apparently this was like the newest, coolest light lens that, you know, existed for the lighthouse at that time. Right. Look at my fancy new stuff. Exactly. Fancy new shit. Um, and... <laughs> There was a 40-foot-long covered passageway that connected this brand-new tower to the original 1858 dwelling that uh, was already on that piece of property that would end up becoming the lighthouse keeper's actual home. Yeah. About two years later, there was a monster-ass storm um, that ripped away 60 feet of the shoreline in front of the lighthouse, uh, and in 1883, they actually built a... Um, gigundous 65 foot long log wall um, that would protect the remaining 20 feet of shoreline between the lake yeah. and the lighthouse so that's all they have is 20 feet now and then whoops you know they're gonna drown um <laughs> exactly oops i'm dead in 1875, a 10-inch steam whistle, which was the very first on Lake Michigan, I might add, was established near the lighthouse in a circular <laughs> iron oil house was built about 100 feet northeast of the lighthouse in 1893 for the oil that, of course, would fuel the lighthouse. Now, there's all the lovely history. I'm done with that. Now we're going to talk about the scary shit. So, this place... Somebody do it. Let's go. Said with emphasis. Yeah. <laughs> This is this is probably truly one of the most um, just awful awful places for, for on on that I can think of. So clear back in the late eighteen hundreds, there was a steamship. And mind you, this was like after all of this stuff was built, the island was inhabited mostly by people who had set up small farms and had had little towns and were working at the lighthouse and were people who were also working. Um, as it, in sort of like a, a rescue buildings yeah. that were set up to help ships that were having issues out in the water, obviously. So, um, <clears throat> in the late 1800s, there was a steamship. It pulled into the harbor real late one night, and it dropped off 20 cholera-infected folks, some of them already dead, some of them mostly dead, but cholera killed back then. That was just the thing. No. So uh, then the captain and crew promptly took the fuck off and left the sick people right there on the island for the islanders to deal with. Just boop, here you go, bye. Wow. So in order to save themselves and protect themselves from cholera, uh, they dug this huge mass grave for these people who, you know, had cholera. Well, they ended up burying the dead people and the still living people in this hole and just backfilled it in because they didn't want cholera, so they just wanted to be done with that shit. Right. Seems logical to me. Right? <laughs> it kind of does, actually, in a sad way. So, so lots and lots of unfortunateism. Uh, very, very soon after that is when ghosts and hauntings started appearing. Okay. So even the people clear back in the late 1800s, uh, early 1900s reported very interesting disturbances of screams and hollers and it sounded like people trying to like dig their way out of the dirt and shit and like seeing people walking around where right. the mass grave was. All kinds of craziness. Hearing people 
up coughing, like hacking real loud from cholera. Um, nasty shit. So this was way back in the day that these things started. And it still continues to this day in the area of that mass grave. Um, so these days, um, the mass grave is located near an old cemetery that is just north of the Bay Campground where the old docks used to be. And uh, you could still visit it to this day. Uh, now, the Manitou Passage is what? <laughs> I think you have a science attack over there. Oh, the Manitou Passage is a, a waterway that runs between... Um, it, it's literally like one of the most deadly sections of Lake Michigan. Mm -hmm. And it creates this ridiculous uh, passage of just, honestly, navigational horror. And there are at least 50 known shipwrecks that litter the entire bottom of this pass. So it almost like makes a reef out there. Yeah, kind of, sort of. I mean, but like it, the water is just, it's unpredictable. No. Storms pop up super, super quickly. There's ridiculous currents, ridiculous undercurrents, undertoes. And like basically, it's like a fucking washing machine. Yeah. And it just sinks whatever goes through there, just on a whim. Nice. So a lake, a lake on its period. <coughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> basically. So um, not only you know you add the uh, super treacherous weather, the narrow shipping channel, and you have a recipe for the fact that there are um, probably literally they say that it's an estimated. Probably over 100 ships, but it looks like it says here the Francis is visible off the southwest shore. Uh, there's another wreck called the Francisco Morrison uh, that's actually not far offshore that crashed in November 27th of 1960. Um, a little boy that drowned um, when he was swimming near the wreck several years later. There's Literally over a hundred shipwrecks, fifty of them they know what the name of the ship is. Yeah. The other like God only knows how many. They don't actually know what the ship was, they just know that it's there. So the loss of life from shipwrecks alone has been insane and immense. Um so the cemetery there um houses uh, obviously a, a whole whole lot of people. There was actually one ship that went through there that ended up crashing on the shoals, and it had 13 Native American slaves um, in a cage, basically, in the hull of the ship. Um, and to this day, they're still there. They're still in the ship. Almost they like just, the Pearl Harbor thing, where they're just trapped in the bow. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. There's all kinds of nastiness, um, which definitely comes through in the hauntings. Right. You see people walking along the shoreline. You see people out in the water like they're drowning, but if you send a lifeguard out there to save them, there's nobody. Um, all, all kinds of crazy yeah. shit like that. You hear people screaming. You hear um, what sounds like ship crashing into, like, the, the what, I don't even know what they're called, like, canal walls, basically. Yeah, um, yeah, no, I know what you're talking about. Like, yeah. It's just, it's all kinds of bad. Um, there have been um, human remains that just float up on shore randomly and occasionally. Started, Ew. like Ew. the very first one was in like 1933. And after that, like every couple of years, a body just sort of washes ashore. That like, was probably you know, trapped in a ship that just happened to float out. Potentially. And, yeah. and they really have no idea what's It's like a cat bringing you a present. <laughs> exactly. They don't know where these bodies are coming from. They just appear. Mm. Um, yeah, so it's really unfortunate, actually. Um, <laughs> this actually has the interesting story of a woman in white as well who walked down the dock and then drowned herself because her lost love at sea and, you know, blah, blah, blah. W-I-W-C. I know. They're Women in white community. Yeah, see? See? <laughs> you have Baba Yaga, I got that, all right? It, <laughs> I'm into it. It's fine. I'm, I'm equating it to the Red Hat Society. Nicole, you're welcome. I love you. Listen, to be fair, I also found Sorry, a woman in white. I'll tell you guys about that one later. I also found a woman in white with the story that I was originally going to tell. There just wasn't enough information on it. There's a place called the Devil's Elbow up by UP. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So, yes, anyway, to this day, you can hear this woman walks down to the dock in her finest white dress, 
Uh, she continues her daily watch without ceasing. Uh, she grew old, but she continued until one day uh, she was found dead, washed on the beach where she had <laughs> jumped, and that was that. Uh, and people still see her ghost uh, waiting at the dock for her lost lover, walking along the beach where yeah. her body was found. Uh, very unfortunate stuff. Uh, the lighthouse itself is said to be haunted by Aaron Sheridan and his wife Julia, um, whose boat capsized when the two of them were taking their youngest of six boys to the main island to see a doctor. Mm -hmm. uh, he was just a teeny tiny baby at the time. And so they, of course, jumped into a boat and started heading to the mainland. The boat capsized. Uh, and this man, this man Aaron Sheridan, was actually uh, a lightkeeper there at the lighthouse in uh, 1878 is okay. when they passed. Yeah. And his wife became one of only uh, a handful of women who were assistant lightkeepers in the state of Michigan. So she was like one of 30, like forever in, in all of time, one of 30. Yeah. And she was like the first. So it was kind of amazing. She was awesome. I mean, it's not super common, but it's... I don't want to say it's because... Well, I also don't want to say the job's not super hard. Well, I mean, this but, was the very early... Very late 1800s, very early 1900s. Right, so. it was considered a guy's job, and the isolation by itself, right. there's a whole right. lot of... The cool part about this... Shit. Oh, yeah, yeah, we've covered that before, so yeah. ...is that it was actually at the, the tail end of an actual island. Yeah. So there were inhabitants <laughs> and farmers and, uh, and people on yeah. the island. So these guys were not alone. Thankfully. Um, but, I mean, not only that, but she was also just kind of a remarkable multitasker because this woman was, you know, taking care of her husband, cooking three square a day, and raising six boys, plus helping her husband take care of a lighthouse. Right. So, she is pretty fabulous. Uh, <laughs> just my personal opinion. Uh, there's so many, so many. Uh, park rangers have actually, uh, one park ranger just, just literally simply handed in his keys and said, fuck you, I'm out, and hopped on the nearest ferry and went fucking home um, because he said that uh, the ghosts were chasing him and tormenting him, and he just couldn't put up with it anymore. He got bullied by ghosts. Yeah, he got bullied by ghosts, so he he just said, save I've seen, I've seen that happen with my own eyes. So. Yeah, yeah, it's so true, so true. We know the yeah. guy. <laughs> um, I did. <laughs> and there's, there's so many. The park rangers give daily tours of the lighthouse, which is really cool, so you can super go... Go there and do this. Uh, mind you, it is a park, a national park at this point. So the right. island is no longer inhabited by people who live there on a regular basis. It is actually a national park. Right. Uh, but you can visit. Uh, you can take the tours. There are hiking trails. There are places to camp, things like that. Uh, just, of course, respect um, all the rules and regulations of a national park. Uh, but, yeah, lots, lots. So uh, one of them, a Coast Guard arranged for a helicopter. Uh to fly to the island one night and remove this park ranger who not only had he like chucked his keys and said fuck you I'm out but apparently he went absolutely stark raving berserk and was like they're coming to get me they're coming to get me the spirits are coming to get me the ghosts are bothering me all the time they're saying this and this and this and that they basically were just like threatening the shit out of him and it scared him so bad that he just lost his damn mind uh, so, yeah, they actually had to arrange for uh, a private helicopter from the Coast Guard uh, to come over there and, and fetch him. That's hilarious. I think I would just let him hang out. Like, let's let's wait till he wakes up in the morning and see what happens. <laughs> I yeah. want to see what... I'm curious. Yeah, they had to, they had to come in. <laughs> I mean, and he's on an island. He can't hurt people. Uh, <laughs> the other guys go, they're going... <laughs> Get him the... <laughs> for, with, with all that said, though, he did, in fact, receive uh, mental health and regular medical treatment and he oh, is uh, according to other ranger <coughs> accounts doing very very well in his not park ranger career now that he's you know okay. away from that I guarantee that's become a butt of a joke somewhat like hey, remember that dude went over here <laughs> like, right um, <coughs> there's so much oh my gosh um, right. no. so many so. so many ghost stories about this place but yeah point of the story is holy shit it's haunted no. by shipwrecked sailors and drowned children and drowned other people because this this passageway is so incredibly washing machine like yeah um and and then of course a husband and wife who were 
lighthouse keepers who unfortunately passed and people could hear their baby wailing uh, in the passage like the in the boat where the boat capsized right um, just horrible horrible shit and lots and lots of ghosts okay Great so story. her last little bit there is actually what kind of got me thinking one thing that I love to do for like the live stream event um, it is not abnormal to hear these stories from park rangers Oh, yeah. First responders of any kind. Yeah. Man, if we could get somebody to just yeah. sit down and have a little yeah. chat with us, oh, like park ranger or something like that. Yeah. I, want to, I want to talk to park, park rangers. Park ranger, sheriff, to to EMS. Yeah, I want yeah. to talk to police. I want to talk to rangers. <laughs> I want to talk to EMTs. Um, so if any of you yeah. are going to be in Wadsworth on, on the 30th, 30th Stop by. Come and have see some us. crazy stories that you've just been trying to get off your chest. And say right. hello on the podcast. I mean, you know what? You don't even have to give your name. It's okay. In the podcast, we will take little, like, people coming in and be like, yeah, hey, I got a story. Okay. Now, mind you, since we're most likely going to be in a bar, if you show up and you're belligerent, rude, all that, we're not going to have you. Yeah, we're probably going to filter out the, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. All right? Yes. Like, I don't care if you walk up with a beard. Like, I saw my grandma naked. I'm like, I don't want to hear that. Grandma yeah. likes purple. <laughs> Yeah. Grandma does, in fact, like purple. Yeah. But, uh, no, th- there is one more tale about Detroit that I found very interesting. The Masonic Temple? No. Oh, that uh, one. The Nain Rogue. The what? The Red Dwarf. Oh. Did you hear about that one? Yeah. Yeah. How they cursed the founder of Detroit <laughs> because he beat him with a stick. Oh, that's craziness. Yeah. I thought that was, like, the Detroit, you can blame your problems on that thing. So, <laughs> right. All right. I believe that does bring us up to the time limit. I mean, Yay. so we can chitter a little bit. I was just giving the signal for we're at 55 minutes now out of our. It's cool. So uh, one thing I want to make absolutely positive to mention is obviously we are on Facebook, No Lights Paranormal, Facebook.com, Hi. No Lights Paranormal at Gmail, No Lights Para, or. Or no likes ghosts. Apparently, we own both of them on X. Uh huh. Para and ghosts. So you forgot the password on one, right? No, <laughs> no. I don't actually know how the second one came about, but I kept saying no lights para because I was pretty sure that's what it is. And then he's like, no, no, no. He corrected me. It's no lights ghosts. So I uh, just happened to be digging through some emails yesterday, and I was like, hmm. And it clearly says no lights para, P A R A. So I'm like, what the fuck? So I get on the PC and I shift back and forth between the two X accounts, and we actually own both somehow. Okay, so one's not like a hacked account that's just using our fucking logo. Right. No, because I can totally log into both of them. Okay, okay, make it sure. Okay. Yeah. So apparently we've got both. Uh, I think I like we'll no fi- lights we'll, ghost. We'll figure better. that out. <laughs> I think I like the, the no lights ghost tag better than no lights para. Yeah. But you know, it's too long. You can put the whole thing. Yeah, because so. most people will think no lights para and think parapsychologist, and we are not yeah. that. We'll figure <laughs> it out and let you know. And yeah. then we're gonna go with no lights ghosts, to be perfectly honest. But either way, from there, I also want to go ahead and mention the walk one more time. Twenty bucks per person. Um, if you decide that you would like a ticket, all you have to do is um, send. Via friends and family option, $20 per ticket to um, our PayPal account, which is nolightsparanormal at gmail.com. And like I said, proceeds are going to go to help out the Wadsworth Historical Society and keeping uh, Wadsworth history intact. Um, I do still have a few slots available for the 6 p.m. walk and for the 8 p.m. walk. Uh, so uh, just let me know. And very, very important is I need first and last names of all the people who are going to be ticket holders because, yeah, you know, we're going to be downtown Wadsworth. There's going to be a lot of stray folks walking around. And um, I'm obviously going to make positive that your hard-earned $20 um, doesn't just get given away to whoever's walking down the street. You know, they don't get to join us unless they pay. Sorry, your dog burped. <laughs> I can actually smell it from here. Good guy, that dog stinks. Fine. Go outside. Yeah, go do something. No, she's Come on. <laughs> so anyway, guys, thank you so very much. And Alex, why don't you tell us who next week's person's going to be? Uh, so, if we go by the results of the uh, voting from this week, 
the uh, next week would be Mississippi. Woo! Okay. I dig it. So absolutely, then Mississippi, you are going to be next week. I absolutely love it. Am I SSISSIPPI? She said PP. I said PP. <laughs> Very cool. Well so then, yeah, Mississippi log in, will be next week. Cool. Follow awesome. us, like us, <laughs> hang out with us, chill with us, uh, come to Wadsworth and, and see the Ghost Walk. Um, and yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we love you guys very much. Listen to the podcast and you come up, just say, hey, I listen to your podcast. We'll know right who you are. And they'll be like, I so, love you. Yeah. And you might get a hug. I well, I won't know you specifically, but you know what I mean. You know what, though? I'm going to treat you like family because that's pretty cool to me. Yeah. And we'll work on some things. Yeah. And we'll let you know. Absolutely. And don't fuck with Baba Yaga. So true. I will strike thee. <laughs> we love you guys. Good night. Good night, friends. Bye.